I have come to lead you to the other shore, into eternal darkness, into fire, and into ice. Welcome to St. Paxton, a narrative real play podcast created by friends to explore humanity and endure horror. A world where you can try anything. Welcome back to another adventure in St. Paxton. I am your game master, Veronica, and I, for one, cannot fucking wait to see what these people do with this um, fiasco that they found themselves in. Um, And speaking of those people, who are you? Hi, I'm Stacy, and I play Bellamy. And I'm Steph, and I play Clara. I'm Michael, and I play Todd B. And my name is Fred, and I play Edward. Okay, so the last time that we played, if Leo was one of your sources of stability, he is gone. I don't know. I mean, I guess he's not really gone. You could still commune with him. You could still have his favorite burger. Um, they're semblances of remembrances, but yeah. Still alive in our hearts, dead to the world. But unfortunately, now we need to talk about some of the shit y'all saw last time. Okay, so you have a little box on your character sheet called Mental Health. Um, if you're playing Trail of Cthulhu, you don't have this. This is one of our homebrews. Um, basically, it's us using their sanity system, but it is a way for you to assess your mental state. Um, how are you doing and what do you need to do to get better? Is that a medication you need to be on? Um, do you need to be with people? Do you need to be away from people? There are all sorts of variables that go into mental health. And that's kind of what we wanted to do to deal with uh, some of the early effects of sanity loss in our game. If it's bad, you gotta fix it. Okay. So anyways, I'm going to give you a loss or a subtraction to your number. And we'll start with Bellamy. So Bellamy, you did not see all of the shit that your friends saw. You only saw Leo. So you're going to take one point to mental health. Okay. That's, and this can absolutely be restored. However, if things keep going the way that they're going, it's just going to compound. Okay. So Clara, who also saw Leo, but also saw all of the stuff that happened with the shopkeep and everything, you're going to be taking two points to your mental health. And of course, my very good boy, Edward, the boy who looks at all the things and turns around at all the right moments. You saw your friend Leo, you saw the shopkeep across the street, and you also saw this horrific tentacle belly monster eating a hamburger You're going to take three points to mental health. Again, these are all recoverable. So is there an effect that we have currently with that loss? Absolutely, Mm, Like a negative to a role or types of roles or something like that? Yeah, or just how we're reacting to... I know there was a thing for loss of stability. There was a little chart for like... Okay. Yeah. 
But there's like a, a guide for the effects. Yeah, but that's not what you're losing right now. That's different. And and just as a an aside, um, if I were to use like the speak with dead ritual, would I just explain that I found this in the library when we were doing research or something like that? Or is it just some kind of power that I tap into that I didn't realize I had or? Uh, we'll figure that out. We'll figure this out together. Okay, y'all. So when you're, so Edward, you're going to lose six points, Clara, four points and Bellamy, two points. Okay. Now when your mental health drops between negative six and negative 11. <laughs> um, so I'm at like a negative three right now. Well, if I understand. Well, then well, no, no, no. I, I don't understand. Like it's so don't my mental health is 10. If that was originally the, the sanity number. So I'm at a seven. Uh, no. So you're at a, oh, oh yes, yes, yes. You're at a seven. Okay. Okay. So you guys actually have a lot of sanity. So, but, Okay, so when your mental health drops between negative six and negative eleven, you're gonna—that's when you start having really severe consequences. Without getting like some kind of serious intervention, help. Okay, let's stop playing with rules and let's play with words. <laughs> All right, so shit got real in the last episode. Am I right? <laughs> what actually happened? Um, you were there. Tell me all about it, Todd. Last time on Welcome to St. Paxton, the crew heads over to figure out what happened to the ice cream shop owner. They locate the owner and then free them from some sort of disgusting web. Outside, Bellamy sees an invisible force enter Leo's shop. After searching the divine bovine, the crew finds Leo crumpled into a toilet with a hole through him. Clara finds a familiar necklace on Leo and then hears chanting. After stepping out of the restroom, Edward shares that he thinks the Blood Witches may have killed Leo. And that's where we left off in the last episode. Shouldn't we call somebody and have them... Take Leo. I don't want to just leave him like this. Yeah, I... I still want to turn back time. I, there's gotta be a way. You hear this creak as the bathroom door opens and you see Leo walk through the dining room and he has this big hole like through his trunk and his eyes are glowing yellow. And he walks behind the counter, puts on an apron, and that apron is very quickly absorbing a ton of blood because he has this gigantic wound. Leo? Edward, you... You have to shoot him. I pull out my gun and hesitantly raise it towards Leo. My hands are shaking visibly so with the the sidearm kind of making noise as it 
jingles in my grip and I'm like, Leo, are, are you okay? That's, that's not Leo. Talk to me, man. You're really freaking me out right now. Your, your apron's getting really bloody. There, there's a hole in your stomach. I need you to say something, Leo. You guys see this, right? Yeah. So Leo flips some hair out of his face and then he looks at you all, opens his mouth, and you hear a voice. One that you all kind of recognize, but Bellamy, it sounds very familiar to you. So I was going to say, like, going to the library? I don't know. <laughs> Lady's got some cool shit. <laughs> So, and then Leo's body just like drops to the ground. Oh shit! Yeah, he was up. You guys go to that. Everything's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine. Go. On. Bye. <laughs> oh, these kids. Hello. I guess we should go to the library. I'm I'm just not even gonna question this. There's just too much too much weird stuff going on. Library guys, shall we go to the library? Leo's body like walks over to Edward, disassembles the gun very adeptly, and then just puts the pieces in his hand. say like maybe give yourself a couple days you've seen a lot you've been through a lot all right who who are you um i'm a friend so that's good (laughs) (sighs) not leo no he's alive no (laughs) no but he's cool he's with me I'm going to go hide in my apartment, in Leo's apartment. I'm just going to clean up down here. And I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to hide in the bathtub, Leo's bathtub. All right. Put it on ice. Okay. I think we're going to go. Get the fuck out of here. Bye-bye. I'm going to turn around and walk out the door. Cool. Take one point to your mental health. Edward follows. I think I'm in a state of shock. I'm still holding the various gun parts in my outstretched palms. And I don't change the way I'm holding it. And I just follow Clara out the door. I turn around and nudge Todd to walk in front of me so he can hold the door open. And we follow Clara out. What? Just let me give you a piggyback ride. It'll be faster. You're slowing us down. Todd, absolutely not. I will not get further injured by your incompetence. Just walk. I've never heard of anyone not wanting a piggyback. That's because nobody lets you give them a piggyback. 
That's fair. We can try it, though. When my leg is healed. Mm, okay, okay. Um, I, I don't know what's... Leo or whatever that was said to go to the library. I I guess that's where we should go. Yep. We'll go to the library. Um, can somebody else drive the golf cart? Because I'm not feeling well right now. Yeah, I'll drive. It's fine. Okay. You get to the library. It is closed because it is very late. I will hobble over to the door and knock on it sweetly. Still nothing happens. Is the door locked? Yes, it's closed. I don't know if they lock doors here. I look for a fake rock with a key. High or low? Ooh. Low. You find no such rock. Are there windows around the door? Sure. It's a beautiful library. Oh my god. Can we just smash the door in barbarian style? I mean, we are still in cosplay. Well, we've done vandalism before. Wait, can't you pick locks? Remember in college, you would always get locked out of your apartment, so you just you learn how to pick locks. Oh. That's that's right. So I am gonna roll to pick the lock. Great. Um I'm gonna say give yourself a four or higher. Because it's a very old and advanced lock. I'm gonna put a point in it. Okay. I got a four. And you hear the door unlock. And it seems great. Everything seems fine. Guys, I got it. Oh, way to go. Let's go in and... Bellamy would turn the door handle and, like, push it open. And then do the sweeping gesture just to everybody, not specifically. Edward, can I have my flashlight back? Absolutely. Thanks. All right, let's... He hands you gun parts. Can I have the flashlight? He doesn't seem like he's in his right mind right now. Okay. But... The door is now open, I'll, I'll put, and it's dark inside, for sure. I'll put the gun parts in my bag for safekeeping. Okay. And I'll kind of peek my head in and look for a light switch. You don't see one. It's dark inside. Can I feel along the wall right inside the door for a light switch? Well, tell me how you do that. I would kind of peek my head in the doorway and, f- like, put my arm around the corner and just feel along the wall for a light switch. So I'm leaning into the doorway. It's strange, but as you lean in, not taking a step into the goddamn library that you have worked so hard to get into, and you feel for the light switch, but there is no light switch. It feels like cobblestone, which is weird because you specifically remember this being a wood paneled, really fancy prance library. I walk in. You walk inside and immediately the entire library is illuminated by torches. Bellamy, Clara, and Todd. You watch 
as Edward walks in and you see nothing because it's just dark on the other side. I'll take a step in so I can, like, maybe if I get in and my eyes can adjust, I can kind of see the walls kind of thinking. Sure. So you walk in, you see all of these lights, these torches illuminate the area, and you see standing before you, not a cosplayer, but an actual knight in this really resplendent armor with this long lance strapped to his back. Edward, you turn around and you see this beautiful live elf in this colorful dress. Somewhat like Clara, but different. It's not really her. Moonflower? Uh, Edward or Sir Swordalot? What do you... I, I look down and I see I'm in complete metal armor and I'm like, what just happened? Are... Oh my god, Bellamy, come inside. Oh, I hobble in immediately after Clara because I'm not getting kidnapped again. As you hobble in, your legs... Your leg feels fine, totally fine. But you're like staring up at everybody's belly buttons because you are now extremely short, but extremely buff. I look down and see that for some reason I look like Crunch Jr. And look up at them like, what the hell? (laughs) This is bullshit. (laughs) I think it's wonderful. (laughs) Okay, but really, guys, what is going on? I have no idea, but that was really amusing. This Um, even the library? seems... I don't know. There's some kind of... I hate using the word magic, but <laughs> when we stepped through, we changed or I don't know. Maybe maybe we're just hallucinating. Is everything okay in there? Yeah, come on in. And Todd steps in. And you see before you the most buff and beautiful person you have ever seen. You all thought that Edward was a tasty snack. This is a full meal. He just kind of nods at you. And then rolls his eyes. I mime for a piece of paper. You need a piece of paper? I nod very enthusiastically. I'll dig through my purse and find a piece of paper and a pen. You don't have a purse. I start patting down my metal armor, and I don't find any pockets. I just put my arms up. I pace back and forth, waiting. Do I do I have a, a pouch? Do I have a bag of holding? I would absolutely believe that he gave you a bag of holding. Okay, so I would like to look in my bag of holding for a piece of paper and a, a quill, but I'm going to start pulling out random shit to find it. So I'm going to pull out like all the random stuff that Moonflower has in her inventory. Like there's a mirror and a bag of a thousand ball bearings and a mask of unknown origin and a doll. 
and a 10-foot mm. pole, because you always need a 10-foot yeah, pole. Yeah, a 10-foot pole, which she pulls out Mary Poppins style, like, from the bag of holding. <laughs> so this person that is dressed in these beautiful linens is completely irritated by this <laughs> and is pacing back and forth, waiting for something to write on. Yeah, I eventually pull out a parchment and a quill. I snatch it from Clara's hand. I write a note and then hand it to Clara. It takes a really long time. And then it reads, Of course, you pull everything else out of your bag of holding before you pull out the one goddamn thing I need. <laughs> Hello, my name is Toddla. I'm a monk and I've taken a vow of silence. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken the name of Toddla as a placeholder because I can't think of anything better right now. This is the best Todd character ever. Well, first of all, of course, I had to pull out everything from the bag of holding because I was curious if it was all in there. And it was. Second of all, are there books in here? <laughs> Is this still a library? No, it doesn't look like it. <laughs> Looks like a Goram dungeon to me. I'll start gathering up all the stuff I took out of my bag of holding and put it back in. Tadala slaps their hands together and rubs vigorously until all of these bright colored tattoos start appearing all over their exposed skin and face. And they press their hand into the cobblestone floor and you see a path forward. They look up at Edward. Kind of like, remember? Oh my god. Can we do magic? Well, you can. I do color spray. Everything is now unnecessarily covered in color. <gasps> oh my gosh, you guys, I can do magic. I immediately shield my the <laughs> visor with like my gauntlet hat. I'm like, oh, God damn it, Moonflower. Every time. It's such a useful spell. I triple rage. <laughs> um, okay, so hold on. Let's... Let's have a powwow. So we are our characters. We are not in a library. Okay. So maybe this is something that was set up by Darius or somebody. And we should be very careful. And we should do the dungeon. Right? We should, maybe there's something useful at the end. A real life dungeon crawl. We Great. need to do it. Yes. Yes. Okay. What do we see? Okay. Before you is a stone path. And at the end of the hall, you can see that it splits into two directions. One to the left, one to the right. Do we recognize this layout like this is one of Todd's dungeons? Um, You don't really recognize it. Okay. Well. Rule number one, don't split the party. So do we go left or do we go right? Uh, let's listen for a second and see if we hear anything. As you all take a moment to put your ear to the ground or really stop your breathing for a second so you can truly hear what's happening, you do hear something to the left that sounds like water. As you go to the left you begin walking through water. It's about ankle deep. The torches on the sides of the cobblestone 
continue to illuminate as you walk through. And you see this beautiful oasis. This kind of balmy, beachy area. And there are chairs there. Like lounge chairs. Is it just an open room? Like, do we see other, like, passageways? It looks like it's just one big room that's full of waterfalls on all sides of you. Because you pass through, there's nothing but just water pouring into the room. But it doesn't seem to be accumulating. Mm -mm. This is a trap. Um, I would like to sense trouble. You feel safe and secure. Can I try to do detect magic? You certainly can. So I will concentrate on it the way I think Moonflower would do it and try try to detect magic. I am going to keep this uh, from you, so you go ahead and roll and I'll tell you if you get it. What? Am I just rolling a d6 or rolling a... Yep. Okay. That's a one. Wow, there's magic everywhere. It's everywhere. All around you, in every single area, you can't escape it. It's just, it's in the air. It's in your soul. There's so much, so much magic, everybody. So much magic. So much safety here. Wow. So good. Bellamy, would you like to roll anything? I mean, I can sense trouble, I guess. A four. Everything here is fucking safe as shit. There ain't no trouble coming your way. Everything's good, man. It's all good here. It's kind of nice here, guys. Um, I mean, it'd be okay if we just hung out for a little bit and relaxed, right? I mean, things have been so crazy lately. You hear this snoring from inside the middle of this pool as Tadala floats by on this bamboo raft in full-on <laughs> nap mode. God damn it, Todd. I am going to run my stubby little legs into the sand. I'm going to make a sand tussle. And I start playing with the sand. <laughs> you do this. And eventually your arms get really tired. And your eyelids are heavy. And you make this beautiful little sandcastle chair. And and it's just so nice. The sand is so warm. Everything here is so good. And you see... Crunch Jr. Could I roll a sense trouble when I see them drifting off? Everything's fine. Everything is good here. Don't even worry about it. It's good. You're in a safe place. Well, what now? I mean, we're safe here. You see this, like, lush bed of lily pads just float up in the center of this pond and just... All sorts of beautiful draping vines coming from around to make a a beautiful, huge bed for you. It's so inviting. It's so lovely. Don't you want to get in? 
It's safe here. Maybe just a little nap. And I'm gonna... I'm gonna start to just kinda crawl into the bed. Uh, okay, you're gonna have to give me a second. It's gonna take me about 48 minutes to take all this armor off. (laughs) And I start taking different pieces of armor and I'm like undoing the belt straps on my pauldrons and take the lance off my back. At any point, do I notice anything that looks off about this place? Anything that makes me reconsider taking a nap? As you're taking off your armor, everything feels totally fine. Nothing bad is going to happen to you here. You feel safe. You feel secure. Everything's good. I take my greaves off. I take my helmet off. I take my boots off. I take my gauntlets off. I take my van braces off. I take off my chest plate, my back plate, and then my metallic cod piece. And now I'm just in a tunic and kind of like a, a cloth pant. Um, I take the coif that's underneath my helmet off and uh, I lie down. You all fall asleep. And you get really warm as the sun rises and warms all of you up. We all have mosquito bites all over your faces. So all of you are lying on the lawn outside of the library where the door is unlocked and unopened. Like in the day? Are are we still in our true armor? And stuff. You're in your cosplay. You're not like in a in a full like set of plate armor. You have a 100% foam lance beside you. D- did you all have a weird dream <laughs> about being our D&D characters? Was that mm-hmm. real? And I built a sandcastle. The door opens. Hello. Hello. Morning. Ezra? Mm, you slept on my lawn. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> C- could we come in? Yes, of course. It's a public library. We're open. Are you open? Yeah, <laughs> you can be in here. Yes, it's so strange. You all slept outside of here like it was a Black Friday sale. Oh, you don't know what that is. Okay. Well, we technically didn't fall asleep outside of a library. Um, we kind of broke in last night, and something weird happened. Oh, no, no, no. You can't break into the library. It's impossible. The door's trapped. Uh. Oh, no. I picked the lock. You pick a lock? You have to disarm the trap. Everyone knows that. And she points up, and you see these tiny little pinholes that are in the door frame. <laughs> what, what, what kind of trap would that be? They release a hallucinogenic <laughs> gas. It's quite nice. Keeps people from breaking in. Doesn't hurt anyone. It's just... But I was so small. You're still very small. We're all very small in the grand scheme of things. Very small indeed. Edward looks down, and he's naked in his cosplay (laughs) clothing's on the ground. That's unnecessary. Yeah. 
I'm just gonna cover myself with my lance. You, you just stick your lance around in front of you? Just like the foam lance right in front of me, pointing down. So Ezra invites you in, and she shuffles away to do whatever it is that an Ezra does. Uh, can you point us in the direction of the books on blood witches and magical necklaces? Ah, yes, of course. And she writes down the Dewey Decimal number and sends you on your way. I hand the card over to Clara, and and, and I'm like, I'm I'm not feeling too good. You guys go ahead and. I'll catch up with you in a little bit. Are you sure? Um, because earlier when we separated, time got different. And yeah, I just time's I, been weird before here. I need to sit down and just kind of absorb everything. I, I won't be long. Yeah, maybe keep an eye on your watch, just in case. Yeah, let's let's synchronize right now. Yeah. What, what time do you have? Uh, I have eight oh one. Okay, I'm gonna twist my watch uh, to eight oh one. Okay, now we're synced up. Okay. Yeah, I, we're just gonna go look at some books, and then we can meet back up. Okay. And the minute the group is gone, I go to Ezra, and I'm like, um. Can you help me find something else? Anything. Do you have any books on... I don't know. I know it sounds crazy, but... Like spells or rituals... You know, to bring people back, like... Raising the dead? Come with me. And she just, like... Pep in her step takes you down... This... Well, pretty far away from the rest of the group and leads you into this area that has a musty smell and you find this trove of books that you that you wouldn't have ever you wouldn't have called them spell books they mostly look like diaries there's not a lot of pomp and circumstance to these books they're not like crazy beautiful books they're just small personal sized books and she pulls one out a really small black book and she flips to a page yeah this one and you find a spell called communicate with the dead it's just a small scrap of paper you need to find these items say these words mean these words it's all quite difficult really thank you of course anything for you I, I guess I should get back to my friends yes keep this secret yeah no your secret's safe with mine Ezra coming to me for spells and tomes and rituals. I can find them all, but I won't share them all. And she straightens up and she walks out. I'll take the book that that scrap of paper comes out of, and then I'll just kind of stuff it inside my jacket pocket and uh, 
I will go meet up with everybody else. Everyone is sort of looking through books about blood witches because... And it's really easy because they have a long, repeated history as far as you all are concerned. Um, and, and you know them to live underground. They used to have a house above ground. But that house was exploded violently. And since then, they are said to have taken up residence in the sewers. The blood witches, they have one living relative living in St. Paxton. His name is Jonathan Crandall. Have we heard that name before? Mm-mm. No. Do we know Jonathan Crandall? We don't, but we will. And that's where we're going to call it. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> I take it back. (laughs) This episode was edited by Rob Anderson, the musician who made The Promenade, our opening and closing theme for season two of Welcome to St. Paxton. Find him on Twitter at Potentially Rob. This episode was produced by Hiroshi, and you can find him at Maybe Hiroshi. You can find the rest of the crew on Twitter as well. V is at Typical Veronica. Mike is at One Gaming Lane. Fred is at I Think I'm Fred. Steph is at Starlit Firefly. And you can find me at Definitely Stacy. As always, you can follow the show at CAF Podcast and find a permanent link to the Discord in our bio. The podcast art was created by Evan Mitchell. You can find out more about their ventures on the podcast For Whom the Dice Roll. Want to take a look at the clues, information, or photos the cast has stumbled upon during the recording? Head on over to our website at www.cafpodcast.com and click on the link labeled The Show at the top of the screen. If you want to help support the show, please share us with your friends on your preferred social media and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can also back us on Patreon by going to www.patreon.com slash CAF podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, you should check out some of the other Geekly Inc. shows, such as Random Encounters, Sayer, or You're a Wizard, Harry. Hi, everyone. It's Steph. That was an exciting episode. You know what else is exciting? The fact that there are listeners like all of you out there who want to support us on Patreon. You all rock. Today, I wanted to say an extra special thank you to Sean Liu. You are awesome. Thank you, Sean, so much for your support.